Hi folks, Johnny Mays here, and welcome to the podcast. I love this verse from the Gospel of John. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Isn't that powerful? How the Word was made flesh. Nowhere else can one read such surprising words. You know, at Christmas time, we celebrate the incarnation of the Son of God, our Lord Jesus, the one who has come, and by the way, who said he's coming again. I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And when I prepared that place, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. At Christmas time, we celebrate that hope. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever dreamed about using a time machine? <laughs> uh, think about it. You could go back in time 2,000 years ago, right there when at that Christmas, first Christmas, amen, before Jesus was born. It's not hard to imagine. In fact, it's not hard to imagine what God's people Israel was thinking about during those days. Because the Old Testament and the New Testament tells us what life was like back in biblical times. In fact, if you you're going to discover they were experiencing the same kinds of things we do today. Political conflict and war, poverty, discrimination, hatred, diseases, people they loved were getting sick. They're facing their own mortality. Of course, there was brutality and crime and broken families and abuse and divorce. You know, as we are aware of in our world, so were the people of Israel. A lot of things were broken and a lot of things needed fixing. And what they needed then is what we need today. We need a redeemer, redemption. In fact, around the world, as we come up to the time of Christmas, it's a time of reflection, a time of looking to the coming of the great Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ. Israel looked ahead to a coming day when the Lord would send the Messiah. Amen. And now we're looking for the return of the conquering hero, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we look at the one that we hope for, our Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel. One of my favorite hymns in the Bible or in the songbook. And in the lyrics, we find thanksgiving for the past. And we find hope for the future. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. I think that's a melody. <laughs> you know, I just love that name, Emmanuel, which God gave to his son. 
In fact, the prophet Isaiah spoke of it in 700 BC, and the Lord Jesus would be the fulfillment. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we read, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. By the way, when you look at these names of God in the Bible, Emmanuel obviously means God with us. And the title Messiah is the Hebrew word for Christ. Amen. Christ is a Greek word. And so when we say Jesus Christ, we are saying Jesus Messiah. And we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the fulfillment of those Old Testament prophecies. So as we sing, we rejoice in the first coming of Christ as fulfillment of the Father's eternal plan to save the world. He came as a Savior to be a sacrifice, the Lamb of God. But at the same time, our little song, Emmanuel, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, relates to the time that he returns again. Amen. To establish his eternal kingdom here on planet Earth. Christ has come once and we know he promised to return. Praise the Lamb of God. He's coming back and then his judgment and salvation will be complete. He has come, but his work was not yet complete. His salvation is here. But the fullness of his salvation is to be revealed yet. Amen. Until the Son of God appears. That's the verse. That's an important verse. That would have been praying for Emmanuel back in those days. They would be praying for his first coming, the Messiah. And now we have received the Messiah and we're looking forward to his glorious appearing. Various nations, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Romans, and others, had enslaved and exiled the people of God, Israel. And Israel needed a physical deliverer from their captivity. But their captivity was far beyond physical. Amen. The problem they were in captivity resulted from their unwillingness to obey God, their spiritual rebellion. And their sin against their God had brought on a soul slavery. So they would have prayed like this verse, O come, O come, Emmanuel, ransom us. Ransom us because we're captives, we're slaves. Slaves to our sins, slaves to other nations. And we are mourning in this lonely exile. God, you are far from us. But would you come near us? That's what Emmanuel means. God is near us. God is with us. And this was a humble prayer, a prayer of desperation. It was a love song because, well, it's a love song because I love Jesus. His name, Emmanuel. And I love the name because of its meaning that God is with us. God is with us, my friends. You're no longer alone. In fact, uh, God says to his people, I'm with you more than 50 times in the Old Testament and the New Testament. For example, in Isaiah 41.10, he says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
He said, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow. When you hear this, you got to believe it, my friends. Because we are desperately in need of the nearness of God. Because without this, we are far from God. We are far because he is the creator and we are the creature. We are far when he is infinite and we are finite. He is immortal and we are mortal. He is holy and we are sinful. And the name Emmanuel shouts to us of the meaning of God. And if we know Jesus, Emmanuel, we can find comfort in our distress. We can find strength in our weakness. We can find forgiveness in our guilt. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But Emmanuel was different this time because God became one of us. He not only took on a human form, but he took on a human nature. He became one of us. It's called the incarnation. It's deity taking on humanity. And this incarnation is among the more astonishing and significant miracles in history. In fact, it is by far the most amazing miracle in the whole Bible. It's the core of the Christian faith. How the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. How the infinite, omnipotent, eternal Son of God could become man and join himself to a human nature forever so that infinite God became one person with finite with a finite man, one, guess what? And will remain for eternity the most profound miracle and the most profound mystery in the universe. Great is the mystery of godliness, how that God was manifest in the flesh. Think about it, my friend. Heaven invaded the earth. It's astonishing. It's astonishing. It's astonishing, and if our view of God is small, then the incarnation wouldn't be so remarkable. If our view of man is too elevated, even denying the depths of our depravity, then the incarnation is not so necessary. But we know the truth, don't we? We know the truth, that the world is in darkness. But because of Christ, darkness was turned into light. Because of the Messiah, Emmanuel, slavery was turned into liberty. Blindness was turned into sight. Emmanuel came and the world has never been the same. Hallelujah to God. What did Jesus say? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's good news, friend. Liberty and freedom and sight and light and favor. And God is the redeemer of all broken things. He comes to heal us. He comes to heal what ails us, to undo what we have undone. He's the remedy for our troubles. In fact, though we face death, he is the life, the resurrection of the life. And though the world faced wrath, God is our peace, the Prince of Peace. And though the world is in darkness, he is our light, the light of the world. And though the world is deceived, he is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And though there is a hunger out there in the world, he is our bread. Amen. Though there is a thirst, he is the water of life. Once we were far from God, 
But he, Emmanuel, has brought us near to God. He has come. God is with us. God is with us. So I want you to think about these things today and what we should take away from it. Amen? We should take away, amen, that we can be grateful because he's worthy of our thanksgiving. Because he gives eternal life to everyone who asks for it. And he adopts them into his family. He is our solid rock on which we can stand. He has sealed the believer with the Holy Spirit. God is as near as he can be today and you can trust him. You can trust him. Listen, my friend, this is good, good news today. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and he has come. The fullness of his presence, the fullness of his grace and mercies are manifesting right now, today, to all who will receive it, to all who will believe. Are you trusting in the Lord today as your God, as your Emmanuel? I hope so. I hope so. And as we preach our desires to see the Holy Spirit to draw people near to him, near to him. Nearer, nearer, my God, to thee. That's the cry of my heart. I hope it's the cry of your heart today. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Listen, if you don't know Jesus today, ask the Lord into your heart. Ask him into your life. Amen. Just talk to him. Tell him, I need you, Lord. I need you now more than ever. And guess what? God will touch your life in a powerful way. Until next time, this is Brother Johnny saying, have a great day. Share the word. Share your faith in Jesus' name. Amen.